This episode of the MGMA podcast is brought to you by Walmart Business. It's the Walmart you love, now for business. Get everything you need for your staff and patients in one place. Enjoy big savings on health and safety products, cleaning supplies, over-the-counter medications, and much more. And don't forget the break room snacks. Create a free account today and start shopping at business.walmart.com. That's business.walmart.com. From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. So we realized early on with these new um, patient and family expectations of what they wanted from us as doctors, that if we didn't meet those needs, our patients would go elsewhere. They would go to acute care clinics, they would go to hospitals, they would go to pop-up clinics. And we wanted to be able to see our patients. We're a medical home. We want to be able to manage our patients because no one can do it as well because no one knows their history. So we realized that we had to be able to still accommodate those patients, yet still run an efficient practice, provide good care, keep everybody else safe. That's Dr. Dove Shapiro, Managing Physician of Associated Pediatric Partners, talking about the factors that led his practice to finding a game changer in patient communication and patient care. We'll hear more from Dr. Shapiro in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. Spend more time doing what you love, caring for patients, and less time on clinical documentation. The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, captures the patient's story securely and accurately to automatically document at the point of care. Visit nuance.com slash DAX on demand to see DAX in action and explore how DAX's ambient clinical intelligence solution can transform your organization. Breast cancer will impact one in eight women. The best way to decrease mortality in breast cancer is early detection. On-site women's health provides healthcare practices and providers with the ability to bring screening mammography in-house. Partnering with OnSite allows more women to keep up with their annual screening and gives anyone impacted by breast cancer a fighting chance. Learn more at OnSiteWomensHealth.com. Our guest today is Dr. Dove Shapiro, Managing Physician of Associated Pediatric Partners. He's here today to talk about how new technologies have improved his practice efficiency, clinical care, patient satisfaction, and profitability. Dr. Shapiro, thanks so much for joining us on the MGMA Insights Podcast. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I was actually in there in person in Austin um, just a couple of weeks ago, and I'm happy to be able to talk about um, this uh, subject matter again. That's great. All right. Well, thank you. Now, for our audience, I want to let them know that you're the Managing Physician of Associated Pediatric Partners. Tell us about that practice and your role there. Yeah, so we're actually a pediatric practice. Um, so that's the only specialty we practice. We currently have five physicians, two locations. One unique thing about my practice is we are the oldest pediatric practice in the entire state of Illinois. We're going on our 67th year. 
And we're actually the first practice in the entire state of Illinois to adopt in-office PCR testing um, for respiratory illness during COVID pandemic. Um, as for my role as the managing physician, a lot of it has to do with um, exactly that, making clinical decisions and practice decisions about how we run our practice. But I also am responsible for business decisions, including contracts with vendors, um, with insurance companies. So I deal with all that as well, as well as keeping a general eye that the practice is um, um, well thought of and, and um, doing well in the community as far as our reputation. So all of that kind of falls under my purview. Okay, well, thank you for sharing that with us. Now, because you are a pediatric practice, I don't know how much virtual or telehealth you do. So I know that having those kids in there, being able to check on them, make sure they're okay, is a big part of the practice. So what have been the biggest challenges in these last two years in being able to run a pediatric practice in the way that you envision running it? So surprisingly enough, we actually have been able to do quite a bit of virtual medicine in the, uh, in the COVID world. Um, obviously not checkups and not a sick visit, but a ton of ADHD and mood disorder kind of issues are very amenable to um, virtual uh, visits. So we've been doing a lot of that as well since the onset of the epidemic. But as we all know, um, the world has really changed. There's the pre-COVID world and there's the COVID world. Um, everything's changed, the way we shop, um, the way we pray, the way we, we work, and um, the way we socialize, the way we celebrate life events, and especially in the medical field, the way we practice. Um, one of the things that's changed the most is patient expectations during the COVID pandemic. One thing we realized really early on in our practice when the COVID pandemic hit um, was that people had different expectations of us. Number one, um, they needed a result right away because until they proved that they or their child didn't have COVID, they couldn't go back to work and their child couldn't go back to school. We also had the problem that before when a child had a runny nose or a cough for a day or two, they stayed at home or went to school. And then if they weren't feeling better after four or five days or they got a fever, then they'd come to the doctor. Now, anyone with a cough, a cold, a headache, a sore throat would not be allowed back at school until they had a COVID test. So we had to be able to accommodate all of these minor illnesses within our regular work schedule. And then lastly, any patient that came in with any symptom at all had to be screened for COVID. In addition to all that, we had to be able to manage those patient expectations at the same time keeping my staff safe and also preventing those sick patients, some of whom might have COVID from infecting my other healthy children in the office, some of whom are newborns or immunosuppressed. So all of that made it very difficult to figure out how do I efficiently and safely run a practice during this life altering change to how we practice medicine. Um, another big issue that's come up during the COVID pandemic, I think is, is one of too narrow a focus. Because of COVID and how overwhelming it was to the medical system and how much people, people feared COVID with all of the morbidity and mortality that existed due to the epidemic, I think going on now over a million Americans having died from the COVID infection, um, people have a blinders on for COVID. They think that everything is COVID. And if it's not COVID, there's no issue. And as a result, a lot of doctors and a lot of hospitals and a lot of acute care clinics and a lot of patients have started to only want to rule out COVID and forgot that there's other illnesses out there too. Um, not only are there other illnesses out there, things have changed. It used to be that there was an RSV season and then there was a flu season and then there was a, a strep season and there was all different kinds of viruses that, that presented in different seasons in different parts of the country. 
now because of COVID and because of masking and because of social distancing and all of the different measures we put in place, the viruses have completely changed. We're still seeing tons of flu today mm -hmm. in June. Um, and so it's even more important to realize that not only do we have to rule out COVID when a, when a child comes in, we got to rule out flu if their, if their symptoms are suspicious. We've got to rule out RSV. We've got to rule out strep. All these diseases that before we didn't worry, worry about very much when it wasn't in season suddenly can be present all the time. So it's very, very important as a doctor, as a medical practice, not to have a blinder on, to realize that all these illnesses are around and have to be detected if they're present if you want to give the patient the right answer and treat them with appropriate clinical care. Mm -hmm. You were saying that there's been more uh, virtual care than maybe some someone like me might have, have suspected that uh, you've had these changes uh, with infections that are now year round rather than seasonal. I want you to talk about then what have been the biggest game changers to your practice during the pandemic and how you've dealt with it from an efficiency and outcome perspective? So we realized early on with these new um, patient and family expectations of what they wanted from us as doctors, that if we didn't meet those needs, our patients would go elsewhere. They would go to acute care clinics, they would go to hospitals, they would go to pop-up clinics. And we wanted to be able to see our patients. We're a medical home. We wanna be able to manage our patients because no one can do it as well because no one knows their history. So we realized that we had to be able to still accommodate those patients, yet still run an efficient practice, provide good care, keep everybody else safe. So we made the decision early on to get an in-office PCR machine. And that has by far been the biggest game changer for my practice during this pandemic. It went from a, a challenge to an opportunity. And by adopting this technology in my office, we've actually improved clinical care. We've improved, improved patient satisfaction. We've improved practice efficiency, and surprisingly, we've actually improved practice profitability. So for us, the decision to adopt in-office PCR testing for respiratory illnesses and for group A strep has been life-altering. It's changed how we practice medicine in a positive way across every aspect of how I, how I practice um, being a pediatrician. Okay. I want to drill down even further then. So when you're talking to our listeners right now who are uh, practice administrators, practice leaders, physicians, how, how can they practice, uh, how can they achieve better efficiencies of care? What are some steps that they can take? So every practice setting is a little different, but I'm going to talk to you first about some general concepts and more specific models. So first of all, we all know that having to track tests that you send out, especially tests that are somewhat urgent is a real pain because your staff has to track those things and you don't have control of when they're resulted. And you have a patient breathing down your neck wanting to know if they can go back to school or if their child, if they have their child go back to school or they can go back to work. Um, furthermore, um, it takes a lot of staff time to catch up on those things and it takes a lot of staff time to make sure those things are not missed. So being able to get a result in office in a short period of time creates more efficiencies because you're not wasting your time tracking down things you send out. It also allows for more patients to be seen in the office when you can do your own testing in the office and don't have to spend as much time um, worrying about not having the answer to your diagnosis um, and the problem that presents in your office. If you're able to tell the patient what they have right then and there, you can move on to the next patient, which saves a lot of time as well. Um, having in-office testing can result in much quicker turnaround time um, for, um, for some testing, it can be as quickly as 37 minutes. 
for some respiratory testing as quick as 26 minutes or strep testing. And in using this technology, we've been able to accommodate a larger number of patients um, and provide really good quality care. Um, the three models that I think of when it comes to efficiency of care and using in-office PCR testing fall into the following three categories. The first category works most in a setting, let's say an emergency room or an acute care clinic where they've got a lot of space to hold patients. They can set up a protocol for what patients need COVID testing. As soon as they show up in a triage, they get swabbed for their COVID test. And by the time they see the physician or medical care provider, they already have a result. And they're then able to give a form right away if they're negative and able to give instructions on how to treat and how to take care of COVID if they're positive right then and there. In some other centers where they don't want to test everyone that walks in, that test can wait until they see the doctor. If the doctor determines the test is necessary, then the test is done. And then the patient is often sent home and they're followed up with within the hour with a result either, either by email or by text or by a phone call. Um, and then the last setting, which is the one we've done in my office, um, takes a little more time up front, but has allowed us to be much more efficient in the care we provide. Understanding that we still wanted to be pediatric providers and spend most of our time treating chronic illnesses and healthy checkups. Um, we didn't wanna have sick kids walking into our office at all hours of the day, exposing our medically vulnerable children. So we set up our office to have all our sick hours concentrated in the morning and the end of the day. And during those time periods, we only saw sick children. And the rest of the day, we saw healthy kids for related, unrelated um, issues that had nothing to do with COVID. We also saw those patients one at a time, so they were all entering the office and leaving the office separately from anybody else. In order to accommodate this and be able to see large volumes of patients in a short period of time, the doctor working that shift um, that same day would take about a half an hour and call all of the patients who are scheduled for sick hours um, and already write down their HBI, the history of present illness, what they're coming in for, already pre-order the tests. So when they come in, the chart's already mostly populated with everything that needs to happen. All it requires still is an exam and a diagnosis. That way, by the time the doctor hits the room, we already have a result or we're about to get a result and we can then give the patient instructions and move on to the next patient. By using this kind of system, by taking the doctor or medical provider 30 minutes ahead of time, we could see often in just an hour, 12, 15, 16 patients, where normally we can only see six to eight in that same time period by doing all the work ahead of time. And that's allowed us to see a huge volume of sick patients who want to be seen the same day and yet still get them a same day result and still get them an accurate diagnosis and the ability to see the medical provider and get, and, and get their kid checked out. And that's worked really well for us and provide us with a huge efficiency in the number of patients we have been able to see and treat accurately and, and, and um, with um, excellent patient satisfaction as well. So you were talking about accuracy when you were detailing and, and giving us more information on the uh, clinical efficiency. So I want to really drill down on accuracy even more so. So walk us through accurate diagnoses and frankly, how that impacts patient care. One thing this epidemic has brought to the national consciousness is the idea that not all COVID tests are created equal. Prior to the epidemic, only doctors and medical professionals had heard of the term PCR, but now PCR has been viewed, and rightfully so, as the gold standard of, of testing for viral and sometimes bacterial infections. It turns out that pretty much any decent COVID test can be very specific. What does that mean? It means that a positive result on a rapid COVID test, even a rapid antigen home test, is usually accurate. But a negative test, what we call sensitivity, 
is not nearly as accurate. For example, on most of the at-home tests, if you get a negative result and you're symptomatic with COVID, there's a 35 to 45% chance it's wrong, that it just isn't sensitive enough to pick up the COVID even though you have it. Whereas PCR testing, that number drops to 1%, 2%, 5%, depending, 10%, depending on the machine you use. Even among PCR machines, there's a variability with some having um, a false negative rate as high as 10 or 12%, and others like the system we use, Cepheid's Expert Express PCR system, having a false negative rate of less than 1% for COVID, and actually close to 0% for flu A, flu B, and for RSV. Um, so picking a system that gives you accurate results not only gives your patients the confidence that you're giving them the right result, it also gives you confidence as a physician that if they have a negative test, they truly don't have that disease. And if they have a positive test, they truly do have the disease and can be treated. This saves a lot of um, uncertainty and results in better clinical care. So doing a test that isn't gonna give you the confidence that it gave you the right result, to me is bad medicine. Mm -hmm. Earlier, you were talking about some of the general challenges at a practice. I wanna drill down on one specific aspect of that and that's really strep. So what were the challenges of strep during the COVID-19 pandemic? I know we're still in it, but uh, during, uh, throughout this last two plus years, where, what have those challenges been? So one of the challenges um, goes back to what I discussed earlier, which is a lot of people have on COVID blinders. They look for COVID for everything and they forget that there's other causes of symptoms. COVID right now with Omicron and BA2 very often presents with sore throat. In fact, that's just about the most common symptom people get with COVID right now, especially young people with COVID. That being said, not all sore throats are COVID. Many of them are strep. Now strep used to be somewhat seasonal. A lot of times we saw it a lot in the fall when kids restarted school, but now we're seeing strep throughout the year. And you can't ignore strep. If you miss a strep infection, it has consequences. So it's really important to realize that just because we're in a COVID pandemic, that doesn't mean other common infections like strep go away. And it's very important to be able to test for strep accurately to be able to treat the patient in a timely fashion. All right, well, thanks for that. So going back to strep again though, what happens if you do have those blinders on and strep goes unnoticed and untreated. So the good news is that most people recover from strep even if you fail to make the diagnosis. However, we do know that the risk of rheumatic fever, which can cause permanent heart damage, is very real and very prevalent in untreated strep. In addition, you're talking about five to six days of pain and fever that can be eliminated in less than a day after you're starting antibiotics. Also, if we don't treat strep in a timely fashion, it's more likely to transfer between family members and also to other kids in the child's class. So not only preventing complications for the patient himself, we're giving them, we're getting them better quicker and we're stopping them from spreading strep to others. Okay. Well, what are the best and most efficient ways then for practices to test for strep? Okay, so historically, the way my practice and most other practices have tested for strep, we do a rapid test in the office. If it's positive, great, we treat the patient. But if it's negative, unfortunately, we know these tests are not great. They do miss 3%, 5%, 6% of strep cases. So the standard of care has always been to send an overnight throat culture to the lab. And then that takes a day or two to grow. And then after two days, if it's still negative, they don't have strep. PCR testing for strep has changed all that. Um, with systems like Cepheid's Expert Express system, their strep 
PCR is so accurate that if it shows a ne negative test for group A strep, there is no need to do an overnight culture. It's considered to be about as close as to 100% accurate as to make no difference. So it's actually approved to be done with no backup culture. So if I get a positive, the child has strep. If I get a negative, their child does not have strep. And I don't need to do a backup culture to find that out. In fact, I have yet to have a patient that tested negative in my office and tested positive in any other system anywhere else. It is really, really accurate. So this helps to treat patients in a timely fashion. It helps to prevent spread of, of strep to other people. It helps and saves my staff time tracking down these cultures days later. And it stops me from necessarily prescribing antibiotics to a patient who may indeed not have strep. Mm -hmm. You were talking about PCR testing. So I want to go back to that. So tell us about the improved patient satisfaction that you guys have been experiencing through that better testing. So, you know, as a practice that takes our patients' um, satisfaction very seriously, pediatrics is a very patient-centered um, um, field. Um, although all doctors have to have good patient satisfaction, parents take the care of their children really, really seriously, sometimes yeah. more, more seriously than they take their own care. So making sure that those patients and their parents have a good experience in the office has always been one of our priorities. So we always track our patient satisfaction, satisfaction scores and we, everyone has actually sent emails or texts after every visit to see how they liked their experience in my office. So we've done a pretty good job. We normally run in, in the mid 80s, around 85%. But ever since the onset of the, of the pandemic, um, and especially since the, the Institute in our in-office PCR testing, we've been in the upper 90s. In fact, my last month's testing was 97% satisfaction. When you look at the comments, it's mostly due to the fact that they're able to get an answer to whether their child has COVID or strep or another virus in the office that same day. And they even bragged to their friends about it. Their friends are sitting there still waiting in lines or waiting days to get results and their kids are already back at school the next day or diagnosed with flu or RSV or strep and being treated um, way before the friends even know their child's results. So this has resulted in a tremendously improved um, patient satisfaction for my, uh, for my practice. Yeah, you, were, you, you dropped a number there, 97% uh, patient satisfaction. That is incredible. Um, I know, well, I, ho I, hope it, I hope it continues. That's really uh, a high number, I, that's, that's great. It, it really is. And Tell us then what role is technology playing in that patient satisfaction? Are there any impediments, any barriers to adoption of technology? Give us an idea then, a little snapshot or a glimpse inside the technology aspect of this. Well, I think, like I said, from the comments, I think that the technology, that people appreciate the fact that we have the same system in our office that's being used in the local hospitals. They like the fact that we're using the top system that everyone seems to have accepted as a standard of care. And as a result, using that up-to-date, you know, cutting-edge technology has definitely made them feel more positive about my practice. As for adopting the technology, I was shocked by how easy it was. Literally, it took less than an hour to train my staff how to use the machine. Um, and the actual use of the machine is so incredibly easy. You know, Cepheid's um, system is so simple. It's literally, um, yeah, you put the, the sample into the cartridge, put the cartridge into the machine and you walk away. And the beauty of these machines is they come in individual modules all in one machine and you can get different sizes. You can get one that has two modules, four modules, eight modules and so on. And each module functions as its own system. You can have a strep running in one, you can have a COVID running in another, you can have a flu running in the third and the fourth one can be checking for flu A, flu B, RSV and COVID all at the same time 
all running on their own timetables as if you're running a separate machine. It's been so simple to use. It's all scan, enter, scan with the barcode, enter into the, into the, cart the cartridge, into the, into, the, into the bay. I love when technology is easy and they have made this machine so user-friendly that it's nearly impossible to screw up. In fact, if you make a mistake, the machine doesn't let you do the next step. It actually says, you made a mistake, you can't go to the next step until you fix it. So it's been extremely easy to use, easy to train, and been extraordinarily accurate for us. Yeah, that's the, the great thing about technology. These smartphones and our other devices have just become so user-friendly that we get used to that and we get frustrated when things aren't easy. And so to hear you say that, that it's just a little bit of training and then it's just seamless at that point is good news. And I'm sure, you know, something that our audience wants to hear because they want easy adoption. They want something that's going to be efficient for them. Um, one other thing that they're very in tune with is the bottom line. So I do want to ask you about that. You're talking about technology. You're talking about different types of testing. So when you're looking at a in-office PCR testing, what does that mean? What has it meant to your revenue uh, in your practice? So this is the part that actually pleasantly surprised me. I figured this was an investment we were going to have to do. And, right. You know, it was necessary to provide proper care to our patients. So whatever it cost, it cost, and we'll we'll deal with it. But PCR testing, because of the pandemic, is so well reimbursed being the standard of care that every time we do a test, we're making far more money per test than we did with any of the rapid antigen or other kinds of technology we used before. As a result, while many practices were suffering during the pandemic, these last two years have been my most profitable years by far, which is a good thing because I got three kids in college and having <laughs> extra <laughs> revenue started out. I certainly didn't do this to make money. That's not why I did it. But I'm not going to complain that by preventing the best care I can, I'm actually making more profit. That's like a win-win situation. Um, so this has been the best two years by far um, for my practice finances um, in the 15 years that I've been managing my practice. That, that's remarkable. So last question then, any final thoughts you want to share with us about using this PCR system in your office or any other thoughts uh, in general? So I want to focus down a little bit on the actual machine that I use. Once again, in-office PCR, I think I've expressed to everyone on, that's listening to this call um, how important it is to be able to have that up in your office. But like I said, not every machine is the same. We adopted Cepheid's expert express PCR system. And the reason it's been so great for us is number one, the ease of use. Number two, the fact that I can not just test for COVID, but I can test for flu A, flu B, RSV, and group A strep. And I can test for those four respiratory viruses with a single swab and a single cartridge. Um, the ability to be able to give my patients an accurate diagnosis has made such a difference in the clinical care I can provide because many kids are high risk. And if they have a diagnosis like flu that I can treat early, I can protect them and give them medicine early. If they RSV, I know what to warn them to have. If they have COVID, I know to get them away from other people. If they have strep, I know to start an antibiotic right away. I've been able to provide definitive answers to my patients right away on conditions that before I was somewhat guessing or hoping that the rapid test was accurate. And I've been able to do it with a single swab. Um, over the years, I've bought many different pieces of machinery from my office. We like to kind of be cutting edge in my office. It may be an old practice, but we like to be very cutting edge in our technology. I've made some good guesses over the years and I've made some bad guesses over the years. 
my partners love me because this was a fantastic decision, probably the best one I've ever made because it makes us look good. Everyone else in the area has adopted this machine now, including the hospitals, because they have figured out over time that it is now the gold standard, it's the best machine in the market. And the fact that we were the first to it and our, our patients know that and the other doctors know that um, has made me look good, has made my practice look good. So I can't say enough good things about Cephi, it's Expert Express system. It's changed how my practice runs. It's changed how we've managed this pandemic. And I would strongly recommend it for anyone listening to this podcast to help improve their practice as well. Okay. Well, Dr. Shapiro, continued great luck and success in your practice. And thank you for joining us on the MGMA Insights podcast and sharing these ideas with us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Dr. Dove Shapiro, Managing Physician of Associated Pediatric Partners. We also want to thank OnSite Women's Health and Nuance for sponsoring this week's show. The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX, captures the patient's story securely and accurately to automatically document at the point of care. Visit nuance.com slash DAX on demand to see DAX in action and explore how Nuance's ambient clinical intelligence solution can transform your organization. Breast cancer will impact one in eight women. OnSite Women's Health provides healthcare practices and providers with the ability to bring screening mammography in-house. Partnering with OnSite allows more women to keep up with their annual screening and gives anyone impacted by breast cancer a fighting chance. Learn more at OnSiteWomen'sHealth.com. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, go to MGMA.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview, email us at podcast at MGMA.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at MGMA.com slash membership. Thanks. The popular buzzword we've been seeing everywhere is AI. But what we all want to know is how we can implement and use it to our advantage. When it comes to improving margins, accelerating cash flow, and optimizing staff performance, there's a one-stop shop using cloud-based predictive analytics. MGMA Analytics is your AI-enabled tool that upscales technology you've already been paying for, so you can silo your disparate systems and make data-backed business decisions. Visit mgma.com analytics and see how AI can revolutionize your finances and operations. Again, visit mgma.com analytics today.